Welcome to the Assembly of Silence Radio Hour. This audio program has been carefully packed to the legal limit with a weekly allowance of non-governmentally approved deep thoughts per square minute of podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Judah and Noah. Okay, here we are. Same situation as normal. What the hell are we going to talk about? I was wondering, what would it be like if we talked about something completely different from what we normally talk about? I don't know what it would be. I have no clue. I'm willing to bet if we do that, we're going to end up talking about the same shit anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Can we just randomly come up with a topic that's completely off topic? Can we have an off topic topic and see how long it takes for us to get back on? (laughs) So, yeah, I, I, you know, it's so funny you say that, and I just totally draw a blank of what the hell we're going to talk about. <laughs> Let's talk about nothing. Isn't that what's typically talked about? It's true. It is. It is. Um, now, of course, nothing would be one of the best things to talk about, particularly if you're interested in relieving yourself of the thoughts in the mind, right? Can, we, can you do it by talking about it? Can we get to that complete zero point with... Without silence, like, is there a way no. to basically hover around the not having a particular conversation about anything? No, because that's all something. Is it? I think but, so. But even if you're contemplating the nothing, like, isn't there sort of a something always in there? The no thingness. The no thingness is a thing, right? Mm, like, yeah. isness <clears throat> is a thing, even if it's absent of the sense of being. Right. If there's no reflection in it and it's simply just being, there's still something there, even if it's not being reflected upon. See, it didn't take us long. We're already there. It's hopeless. <laughs> what was that? A minute 37. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be neat to have a whole podcast about nothing. Yes. I mean, we're, we're the assembly of silence, so we should be able to pull this off for more than just a minute and 53 seconds. (laughs) 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 Fuck it. That's it. There we go. I, 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 got, I got nothing. Yeah, I, I got nothing either. I got nothing. I mean, you know, we could just take a look. Oh, there's open a, it up. Mm, see, what, yeah. see what it says. Uh huh. There's some good ones in there. I'm not going to be able to pronounce any of it. Well, no, no, it's in English. You should be able to. Om stands for the supreme reality. It is a symbol for what was, what is, and what shall be. Now, what is that? What does that remind us of? Boy. I am that I am. Exactly. Yeah. Eternity past, eternity present, eternity future. yod heh vov Mm -hmm. And, of course, heaven in the trigram system, three yang lines, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Past, present, future. Each Mm -hmm. position Mm -hmm. is attended to, Mm -hmm. right? The yang is basically the focus of attention. So heaven is where all positions in time are held firm. Mm. Right. Damn, I just got truth bumps again. That's twice. <laughs> and that happened right off the bat. Good Lord. Does it do a assembly science moment? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. So, so you're, what, and I just want to bring your awareness. That's just the introduction into the, or is it? No, that is. Okay, no, go for it. Yeah, the, you're the in. Manduka the Manduka Upanishad. Yeah, the Manduka, Manduka Upanishad. Manduka. 
Yeah, okay, go for it. So OM stands for the supreme reality. It is a symbol for what was, what is, and what shall be. OM represents also what lies beyond past, present, and future. Brahman is all, and the self is Brahman. This self has four states of consciousness. The first is called Vaishvanara. Is that good? Vaishvanara. Vaishvanara. In which one lives with all the senses turned outward, aware only of the external world. Now, that's what we were talking about mm-hmm. just a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Is that freaky? It's pretty wild, huh? Although that wasn't in this podcast that we were talking about. Well, but still, it was ago. just a moment ago. <laughs> Everything was just a moment ago. <laughs> Particularly if you're in that state of being where there's no yes. reflection, right? Right, right. So without reflection, it's just isness. Yeah. Right? So outward, the magnetic thing of right, right? So the sense of from a center mm. going to the periphery. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Taijasa. Taijasa? Taijasa, yeah. Taijasa is the name of the second, the dreaming state in which, with the senses turned inward, one enacts the impressions of past deeds and present desires. Ooh. Oh, this is big. It's, this is why I love the Upanishads. So the outward is the... Sense reaching into the phenomena. Right. Right? right. Gaining sense impressions. <clears throat> and then. Which are then turned inward. inward. Right. And it, it, one enacts the impressions. Mm-hmm. So that's the creating internal images. Imagination. Mm hmm. Of past deeds and present desires. Mm-hmm. Past deeds and present desires. Now, that would be wind in the trigrams. Mm. 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 And that would be the second stage. This is a little too much for a non-visual presentation. Right. But um, in the prenatal arrangement, thunder is on the the most rising point. Like, it's set in a, in a, like, a compass, basically. Right. And so, like the horoscope, the eastern side is the rising side, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you go to the south at the apex, mm-hmm. and then it descends down through the west to the north. Mm-hmm. And so, the north is sort of considered like the terminus, the end point. It's like a root position where the cycle is reset. Mm-hmm. So, the mm-hmm. very the first thing which occurs on the way up is in the northeast. Sure. And the northeast okay. position in the prenatal is thunder, which is future. Uh, right? What's coming? Reaching out uh-huh. to the future. Uh-huh. What's going on? Right. Right? So that's that initial sense reaching out. And then the opposite of that is uh, wind. So the trigram flips, it's the inversion, right? So we have thunder, which is just in the future position, bottom solid line, mi- uh, middle and top line are both yin. It flips, so the bottom is now yin, and the middle and top line are yang. That's called wind, right? Mm. So it's like the after effect of the reaching out, right? Mm-hmm. It's beginning this kind of uh, present process of forming memory. Mm. It's a, it's, it, the wind is something that happens uh, as a result of other phenomena, 
it's like an after effect. So you have temperature changes and it causes motion and then the wind goes. So this is sort of like you have that outward motion and it's like returning to the sea, Mm -hmm. right? It's Mm -hmm. that it's happening as a result of some other action, that reaching out action. Right, 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 right. It's also very interesting that in the I Ching, thunder is one of the first non- uh, heaven earth trigrams to appear it is the first right so you have it appearing in the northeast and you also have it appearing in the third hexagram the first hex- hexagram is all heaven the second hexagram is all earth right okay the third one has thunder if i'm not mistaken in the lower trigram so it's considered the initiation of um if I'm not mistaken, I think it's thunder underneath water. Mm. Mm. So there's a whole lot to, to think about there. It's, I've already probably gone too far away from you know what should be digestible in an audio format. So let's move on here to the third state, which is called prajna. Prajna? Prajna. Prajna of deep sleep. So we have that first state, which is... All the senses turned outward, and then we have the second state where it's dreaming in which with the senses turned inward, one enacts the impressions of past deeds and present desires. And the third one is of deep sleep in which one neither dreams nor desires. There is no mind in prajna. There is no separateness, but the sleeper is not conscious of this. Let him become conscious in prajna and it will open the door to the state of abiding joy i don't understand that one at all what can you tell me about that i don't understand it i would think that would be a state that would precede these other phenomena without distinction so a state of state absent of distinction follows two states where there are distinctions being made yeah it's almost like it's a different type of return it's like returning to a settled state. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's carry on to this next point. This might help us a little bit. But prajna, all-powerful and all-knowing, dwells in the hearts of all as the ruler. Prajna huh. is the source and end of all. Mm. Hmm. So it's like we have the beginning of a yuga cycle where Brahma opens his eyes mm. in this first one. And the opening of the eyes is peering into, extending the senses out into. And then there's a return right. of the the kind of resulting action from that reaching out. Right. And then it's like settled. Yeah. It's like you have the domain of the yugas within which everything is going to take place. Right. And so there, and there's this deep sleep and you just, you know, you're not really aware. And that is the ground of being. Mm-hmm. There's a joy in that. There's this abiding joy in that. I can't wait to hear what number okay. four is now. The fourth is the superconscious state called Turiya, neither inward nor outward, beyond the senses and the intellect, in which there is none other than the Lord. He is the supreme goal of life. He is infinite peace and love. Realize him. Turiya is represented by Om. Though indivisible, it has three sounds. Om, in this case, is spelled A-U-M. 
A stands for Vaishvanara. Those who know this through mastery of the senses obtain the fruit of their desires and attain greatness. U indicates Taijasa. Those who know this by mastering even their dreams become established in wisdom. In their family, everyone leads the spiritual life. M corresponds to Prajna. Those who know this by stilling the mind hmm. find their true stature and inspire everyone around to grow. Hmm. The mantra Om stands for the supreme state of Turiya without parts, beyond birth and death, symbol of everlasting joy. Those who know Om as the self become the self. Truly, they become the self. Okay, I gotta oh, look at that. Shanti, man. Shanti, Shanti. So, the first thing that I wonder is what the difference is between this third and fourth state, because there seems to be a, a similarity. Neither inward nor outward has the same thing of there is no separateness. Right, but I think right? that fourth state is the state where Om comes into play. It almost seems like the fourth state is referring to an individuated being within the context of this Brahma being. I think what they're saying is the fourth state has mastered the three previous states. Or I wonder <clears throat> what the what the term superconscious is translated from. Highly, highly, highly conscious is what I would have to imagine. It's it's meaning there. It's a highly the super conscious. means above. So you can imagine that it may also be something that's kind of on top of mm. the mm. well, the, the ground of being. Right. You know, because it seems like it's like a bird's Brahman. eye view of of it all. But I, yeah, I think that fourth state. What they've done is they've mastered the other three states to attain that state. It's interesting because you can think of this as being a description of a process within an individual to a attain a state of being mm -hmm. or you could think of it as the process of the self that like from a yuga point of view mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. what all of creation is doing right mm -hmm. so brahma is the one who is realizing these stages in the development of a yuga cycle where mm -hmm. there's a creation mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. that's the way i was hearing it initially mm -hmm. when we got to the the, the fourth one i got a little confused because we have the beyond the senses and the intellect in which there is none other than the Lord. So that seems to be the realization of the individual uh, ego, uh, psyche of the I, of the, of the capital S self. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's right? what the self that they speak of, where you become the self that is a capital S self. Right. And then we have the the return to the concept of Om as the, it's basically a holy trinity. It's a unity of three. A triune. A triune. Is that a real word? It is. That's a great word. Isn't that great? Holy shit. I think that might be the episode title. <laughs> the triune. The triune. <laughs> so now we're getting a recapitulation of this triune. So the A is standing for this first um, state of consciousness. It's three unified states of consciousness. 
triune, mm. consisting of three in one. Wow. Yes. What a great... The triune Godhead, which would be Brahman, uh, Vishnu, and Shiva. Right. Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Past, present, and future. Past, present, and future. It's interesting. Here's another kind of unrelated but related thing. One of the things that Bala likes to point out is that the word first and the word fist are related. So you have a fist is a fivefold, right, that gets formed into one, right? Mm. So there's something about um, numbers held together as a unity that's very elemental mm. in in the universe. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. And it seems that we spent some time talking about duality before, and, and here we are now dealing with trinities to a certain extent. And, you know, I, I have this feeling that five is the next one. Like, four really doesn't work. One of the ways of looking at it is you have differentiations occurring. If you have a unity, mm-hmm. all of these things are... are um, What's the word? Triune? Triune, yeah. yeah. So we have the concept of a totality with holons in it. So mm. a holon is basically a part of something that is itself a whole with parts, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it makes up a whole. So it's a kind of a holographic way of looking at the construction of the universe. So if you have a primary distinction within a unity, you create a duality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in order for a duality to have a dialectic, there needs to be a mediator, right? So in, in the Holy Trinity of Father, Son, Holy Ghost... Right, the Holy Ghost is the mediator between the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Um, the messenger, the one who's able to go back and forth between the distinction that's been made. Mm-hmm. You, know, you could say, I, I think that maybe a better way of formulating the Christian Trinity would be to say, Father, Mother, and Holy Spirit. You know, that, that the mother is like the material realm living in this physical domain, and the father is the spiritual realm, right? And then there is a message that can be passed forth between the two. Right. Uh, and I think that, if I'm not mistaken, within the Hindu uh, trinity, there was a tendency to take what were female gods and turn them into male gods as well. I think that you know, the the concept of Lord Shiva, Lord Vishnu was relatively late. I mean, you had uh, manifestations of Shiva like uh, Kali who are female. Right. So so I'm, I'm a super novice, so I can't really even speak too deeply about this. But after reading the Ramayana, the Mahabharata, and just doing a little research from those places is that like uh, Vishnu's consort is... Uh, Lakshmi. So Lakshmi is just the female aspect of Vishnu. Right. Right. Parvati is the female aspect of, but they also have other names, right? Right. So, so like Parvati is also Uma, uh, Bhavani, 
you know, then there's so it's the same same idea of different manifestations of the same fundamental elemental spirit personality. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, Kali's got a hundred and some odd names. Shiva has like over. I mean, I've God knows how many names. I mean, they they all come with so many names, right? And there and each name is a different um, expression of that entity, right? The soft version, the fierce version, the creator version, the destroyer version, the right. So they have so many different names that are all just talking to their different aspects of who they are. Kali's got, I think, 108 different names I was looking at the other 108. day. 108. Yeah. That's a so, significant yeah, number. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm not so, going to get into that because no, I, mean, I don't understand that shit. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, either, but I numerology know, is like, ugh. right. But the mala but, has 108 beads to it, right? And well, I mean, okay. So one way, one way of talking about 108, apparently, uh, this is a neat little mathematical thing I heard about, mm-hmm. and I have actually verified it. So hopefully I'll remember the correct numbers. Uh, 108 is half of 216, and 216 is what you get if you have a 6 by 6 cube, 666, right? 6 times 6 is 36, times 6, I believe, is 216. He's going to look it up, folks. Let's see if I got it right. <laughs> now, All right, say that again. Do the math again. Six times six is 36, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and then multiply that shit by six one more time. And what do we get? Fucking A. Bingo. See, his, light, his eyes lit up and everything. So, wow. 216, half of that is 108, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that's interesting about a six by six by six cube is that it has the same number of faces on the exterior of the cube as it has elements internal to the cube. So it's a representation mathematically of the integration between internal and external. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. So 108 is one half of that, Mm. Mm -hmm. right? So you're, you're meditating on... When you're doing the rosary or what have you, mm-hmm. you're meditating on the message of maintaining your internal and your external. It's the same as the Jesus thing. If you if you allow what's within you out, then you uh, realize yourself in essence. And if you hold it within and don't, mm. you know, integrate your internal with the external, then you destroy yourself. Mm. Right. 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 And at the same time, it's the uh, incomplete aspect of it it's like you can't do it by yourself you're just part of this the other half is up to god you play your role right 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 and then the other part is placing faith in the creation and then you have the marriage of the spirit and the material Mm. So this is this is uh, um, as you're saying that I'm thinking of a mantra that the alchemists would use back mm. in the day, and that was, "I see the world through the eyes of Christ. Christ sees the world through my eyes." Mm, interesting that the alchemists would say that. Yeah. So we're talking about like the like the pre-chemists. Yeah. We're so they about were the pre-chemists. We're talking. We're talking about you know Basil Valentine and um, uh, Paracelsus and. You know these these because uh, because alchemy was an esoteric Christian pursuit. 
rooted in Judaism and Egyptian. Why is uh, it that I always kind of think that there's a satanic element to alchemy? Is that yeah, you yeah when it I, doesn't it, no, it doesn't line up. It's all it's all the higher it's all the higher pursuit. It's all interesting. Uh, very much uh, esoteric Christian. Huh. Um, but yeah, so I, when I hear that, you know, so I see the world through the eyes of Christ. Christ sees the world through my eyes. So I, outward, inward. It's that right. Right. Huh. That makes me think of the whole uh, uh, giving up of the ghost on the cross, mm-hmm. you know, where uh, they, they translated apparently incorrectly. So I think that in right. the King James, it's something like, you know, God, why hast thou forsaken me? Right, right. But in so, the actual text is talking about Eli. Eli. Yeah. 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 And so then it's, you know, Elijah is kind of the Holy Spirit. In essence, mm-hmm. you know, so at that moment, the Holy Spirit has, he's been, uh, that's, even that has been taken. Right. It's so brutal. Right. Uh, right. Even that. Even that. I mean, talk about what sacrificing it, everything. And that's why it is the ultimate initiation. Uh, that's why it's the ultimate initiation. It's so cruel. And we were all going through it. That's like the human... Not like that. Not like that. No, it was only happened like that once. But it is the archetypal human journey, I think. I often wonder whether it marks the end of the age of sacrifice. Mm, I think you're right there. Right? Mm-hmm. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. Oh. So the day of sacrifice, it's easy to do sacrifices. It's harder to be obedient. So now we can't sacrifice for the gifts of the Spirit. We have to be obedient for them. I don't know. I think it's harder to sacrifice. No, I, I think that's I why that's why this was innovated. So no, we're ta- we're talking about physical sacrifices. That's what, that was the way, right? Sacrificing lambs. Christ was the sacrificial lamb. So right. the, So we're talking about the end of physical sacrifice. Right. And um, I mean, we, ha- we all make sacrifices and we give things up, but even that's easy compared to being obedient. Because to be obedient is to say, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you receive the insight that you have to give something up, the sacrifice is great, but being obedient is first and foremost. Right. You can't really sacrifice without being obedient. Exactly. This story plays out in both the material and the spiritual realm. Yeah. Yeah. My my gut instinct says that you could make the case that obedience to the church was the price paid for not being obedient to the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, denying the spirit. And on some level, that's kind of the overall process that's been happening ever since. Mm-hmm. That uh, we have become more and more restricted as individual beings. Because of our unwillingness to obey. Exactly.
somehow 28 minutes has gone by and we've landed in a similar zone. I almost feel like we need to do another one of those thought neutralization exercises. I think those are really good. Do you want to lead this one? Mm -hmm. Well, you know what comes to mind for me is um, just taking some time to breathe a little slower and deeper than normal. Imagining the breath coming in and out of the heart space. Feel the breath entering and exiting through the chest. Just allowing it to deepen. And just activating a positive emotion like gratitude. I have to take exception with that last part. <laughs> You're so negative. No, it's not negative. It's, it's neutral. neutral. It's a negative. neutral. Oh, oh, we were yes. neutralizing. Neutralizing, oh, I dude. lost my track. I lost track. <laughs> See? Freaking Leo. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, throw us a bone by subscribing to this channel, visiting our social media pages, and hitting the various like, love, and clap buttons. We welcome all comments, criticisms, and random thoughts. Our email is silentassembly at protonmail.com. And if you want to be an angel, we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash silentassembly. We look forward to serving you again soon. In the meantime, remember, turn that thing over a few times before you pick it up and take it home. <laughs>